0: we're holding at the Mishnah in the middle of Nun Beis, Amit Beis, Zog Mishnah. a Koyen receives his portion from a korban. So actually that portion can be, in some cases, Kodsh can only be eaten in the Azorah, and sometimes it could be kachim kalam can be eaten anywhere in Yerushalayim. But the Tanakama of the Mishnah holds, it makes no difference. If the Koyen tries to be MeKadish and Isha with his portion that he got from a korban. Clearly, he holds that the fact that the coin has a right to eat it does not make it intrinsically his money. If it's not intrinsically his money, he cannot be Makadesh and Isha with that portion. Right? Now, the ben Bain Beshogmais kidesh. similarly, Div Rab Meir holds throughout Shas is that Mayser Shani, even though the farmer separates the ten percent and takes it up and eats in your shulayim. He holds it's got the same in like a korban. In fact, it's considered and It's like you're eating off the table of a kodesh borchu. But again, it's not intrinsically yours. So even by mizasheniy, the same halacha applies. You can't be Makadish and isha. It's not yours to be Makadish. Your right is uh, starts and ends by your consumption. But you don't have a right. To use it for uh, as a, 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 a way to transact and gain something else through it. All right, Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. He says that by Maizah That if it was done inadvertently. Now we're going to learn whose inadvertence we're we talking about over here. Is it the woman doesn't realize that it's Maizah Sheni, or is it the man that doesn't realize it's Maizah But either way, beshogeg lo kidesh it, if the person is aware of what he is doing, then Kidesh, then it will be a good Kiddushin, and we'll deal with exactly the Seferas over there as well. dish. now this is talking about something that belongs to the treasury, the hadek, bedekabai, something not like a portion of the Korban like we dealt in the first case, the Mishnah, but something that has been consecrated, belongs to the of Amigdash, not, not for Korbanus' sake, but that the, the base Amigdish has the financial rights of it, all right, b'meizit kiddesh. In such a case, if you use an item that you consecrated and belongs to the base of mikdash, now you try to makarish an isha with it. B'meizit kiddesh, it does work. B'meizit b'shogeg lo kiddesh. You do b'shogeg, doesn't work. That's Divrei Meir. So that flips around, and Rabbi Yehuda, Omer b'shogeg kiddesh, b'meizit lo kiddesh. It only works b'shogeg; it doesn't work bemaze. So basically, we have a number of different cases in our Mishnah. The first case was dealing with parts of an animal that the Kohen took after the animal was sacrificed. So whether it's Kachek and Kachem Kalim, the Tana Mishnah holds that if you Makadash and Isha with it, it doesn't work. That was the first case, right? The second case dealt with Meis Shani. Rav Meir holds Meis Shani belongs to, it's, it's considered to be eating from the table of Hashem, it can't be Makadash and Isha with it, doesn't work. Bein Beshogg, Bein it makes no difference, low Kiddish. Rabbi Yehuda says, no. Meiser Shani, if you do it Beshogg, low Kiddish, but if you do Bemezit, it works. Then the last case is talking about Hegdish. Hegdish like Betta something that was consecrated for the value to be owned by the base Amigdosh. And you try and the kaddish and isha with it, so there of Meir holds it works b'meizid. That b'meizid you're a kaddisher, it doesn't work. And a beautiful says the opposite is b'shogeg it's does not. We're going to have to deal with each one of these uh, parts of the mishnah separately. Let's start with the beginning. So the tanakhama of our mishnah held that portions that come from a carbon is considered to be Rishulchan gavara Kazachu. It's considered to be coming from the table of Hashem. And therefore, you cannot be Makadash because you don't have intrin- intrinsic value in the item. Now the Gemara points out that that Tanakama, which we're going to see in a moment, is shita of Rav Meir, but that Tanakama does not seem to align itself with the opinion of Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Rabbi Yossi Aglili uh, is dealing with one of the types of carbon kar- Asham. So one of the types of carbon Asham is called an Asham Gezeleus. What's an Asham Gezeleus? So there's some kind of financial dispute. You claim someone has stolen something from you, you claim someone found your lost object, you claim you gave something to somebody to watch and he went and he, uh, he took it. So, so the, the, the opinion, uh, uh, so the Torah tells us that if you challenge the person and he says he's willing to take an oath I will swear that I don't owe you the money. Comes Yom Kippur and the guy says, uh-oh, I did something wrong, I swore falsely. The halacha is, he has to bring an asham, gezelos. gazelos, he has to bring a carbon, plus he has to pay back the principal, and he has to pay a fifth. It's really 25%, but 25% of the total amount becomes a fifth. He has to pay a fifth. That is the rule. Now, Rabbi Aglili disagrees with the Chachomim on one Indian. The Chachonens say that this din, the Pazach says, ba'amiso, that you denied to your fellow man, right? So they learned that there cannot be an item that is consecrated. And if you have a your own uh, backyard, you have your own animal in the backyard that you've consecrated to bring as a carbon, let's say, and someone comes and steals it, there's no such case of a, a carbon hashema there because it has to be something that it is your item that we're fighting over, not something that's been consecrated to Hashem. It comes along Rabbi Yosef, like Lili. he says, it's true, it does say that you're fighting with your fellow man over something, but the passage also says, mal, mal, ba Hashem, that your oath that you denied falsely was a rebellion against Hashem. Meaning you're bringing Hashem into this matter. So therefore, the fact you're bringing it into Hashem means that there is a type of carbon that could result in an ashram gazelos. What korban is that referring to? Is a korban shlomim. He holds that in a korban shlomim, or, or other types of Kachim kalim, those korbanas where the owner gets to eat from the portions in Yerushalayim, the, the owner is considered to be having intrinsic value in the item, even if it's been consecrated. Therefore, what? So Jesus, therefore you could be high if you if you if somebody steals it and you make him swear, you ask him to, and he swears, he could be high the Carbon Ashum Gezelos for it. But what he, the thief but what do you see though you see that not it's not just across the board any carbon automatically is considered to be eating from the table of hashem lechora. we see that there are carbon is that the owner has intrinsic value well if they're carbon is that the owner has intrinsic value then he and Isha. so therefore the opening statement that you cannot be my with your portion whether it's cut whether it's kachim column it's adam kodesh's does not appear why? to be in line with the opinion of Rabbi Yossi Aglili. That's the point that's being made. So, Thank therefore, you. says, My name, let's say, why the sign you learned to write, so, Ma Bashem. The Pazak says, Yes, it does say you denied to your fellow man, but it says, mal, mal, towards the bottom of the days and the base. So, therefore, Ma'am Bashem, that you rebelled. You rebelled against Hashem. What does Rabbi Yosei Agli learn? The Rabbas kachim kalim shein mamono to teach me kachim kalim is considered to be the money of the owner, and therefore could result in a carbon. Did Rabbi Yosei And therefore lechora should come out that you could be Makadash and isha with it. So says the Gemara like this. Afilu Rabbi You could actually make Rabbi Yosei Agli align with the Tana of al Mishnah. How could you do so? So one is going to suggest as follows is that from Yossi Aglili when he says that the owner is considered to be, have a financial uh, stake in an animal, that's a kachim kalin? he's talking about when the animal is still alive and has not yet been slaughtered. Once you slaughter the animal and you sprinkle the blood, that animal, even according to Yoseg Lili, even though you're going to be eating portions from that animal, but at that point, once it actually becomes slaughtered, and it's, you sprinkle the blood, that animal, its entirety, is considered to be belonging to HaKodesh Baruch Hu. And therefore, any portion that a Kohen will get, even in the case of kachim kalin will not be mekodesh's because you no longer have a financial stake in it. Now, there is a discussion that is shown, I'm not going to get into it, is that only the portion that goes to the Kohen? What about the portion that he, he swallowed, right? that the owner gets to keep? Maybe that could be viewed as his in finance, nice. and therefore could you I'm not going to get into it, but the point is, our Mishnah is talking about the portion that the Kohen gets, and the Kohen can't be mekodesh with it, but to say that it's not going like Rabbi Yosei is not correct, because it could be going like a Yosei Because even if Yoseg holds, once it's slaughtered and it's divided and he gets his portion, it now belongs to Hashem, even on Kachem kalin, on the part that he's going to be eaten. So therefore, the, you, the assumption was incorrect. So when it's a have you could even say Glili When does Reb say the owner has a financial stake in the animal? That's only if the animal is alive. But once the animal's been slaughtered, lie, That is no longer considered to be the owner's. It's considered to be at that point. It's considered to be the animal. It's considered the kachek of my timer. So the question say, what's the reason? Because at that point, when it's divided up again, let's just go with to the kohanim. When it's divided up to the Kohanim, they're getting it from the table of Hashem. What does that mean, they're getting it from the table of Hashem? It means that it's not their intrinsic financial right. And as such, they cannot be Makadesh and Yishu with it. And so that you shouldn't think, that this is just a Doha Teretz, that but actually this fits very nicely into the words of our Mishnah. Because what does the Mishnah say? It says, the person uh, is the Bechelko. What does Makadish Bechelko mean? He's being Makadish with his portion, with his divided portion. What is the Mishnah clearly talking about a scenario, before shchitah or after shechita? If it's saying the Kohen's dividing with his portion, clearly we're talking about Abdeshvita because it's saying with his portion. So it says, with his portion that he's been given, divided up and given to him, then Ben Vekadosh Lo Kiddish, know this is a good proof, and therefore Rabbi Yossi could also be the author of the statement of our Mishnah. So Tan Rabbon, we learned in a When Rav Meir passed away, So Rabbi Yehuda was concerned that the students of Rav Meir would come to learn in the yeshiva of Rabbi Yehuda. Now, what's the problem with it? It's not that they weren't gonna pay tuition. So what is the problem? Why would Rabbi Yehuda not want the students of Rav Meir? He says, I say, I'm my lamb, Rabbi Yehuda, He told his students, Do not allow the students of Meir to come here. Because they are very critical. They're just argumentative. They argue for the sake of arguing. They don't argue to seek the truth. And I don't want that in my base Medrash. They're not coming to really find the truth and study Torah. right? So therefore... What they're going to come do is just cut me down in halacha. They're just going to come try show, they're more interested in showing me that, showing that I'm wrong as opposed to looking for the truth. So Mara says like this, Sumchus Sumchus was a Talmud of Rav Meir, one of, one of a very great Tana named Sumchus found throughout shas, and he somehow was able to find a side door or he was able to push his way into the base medrash of Rabbi Yehuda. And and he said over there. We we learned this a few times already. That I, like. What's that? Maybe
1: this was uh, we've heard this story we've had
0: before. I'm not sure. Did we? I, it could now be. I remember yeah. hearing it. All but right. That may have to but we 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 did, we did we did but we have the concept of uh, your nausea correct memtas but we've had the concept before that after a person dies the talmudian would get together and say over the torah of their rebbe so it should not be forgotten so Sumchus so wants to say over something that he learned from rabbi Meir. so what did he say this is what rabbi meyer taught me i that if a kohen this with his portion that he was given, ben kach kedushim, whether it's kach kedushim, can only be eaten in the azarah. Ben kachim can and when the Eretz Yisrael, lo Kiddash, it's not a good kedushim. By the way, that opinion of Rav Mayer is the Tanakhama of our Mishnah. However, cause Rav Yehuda Aleiham, Rav Yehuda got upset at them. Like if we have the Geirus of Aleiham, it means any students. He got upset at his students and he said did I not tell you don't allow the students of Rav Meir to enter the base medrash because they're just critical, they're just negative and they're not really coming to truly seek the truth and study Torah, they're just trying to cut me down in my halochic rulings, why? Because you see clearly this is just done for argumentative sake because Kachek can only be eaten in the Azara. And why, and the way Rashi learns that a woman would be also to go into the Azara. So, how could it be that there's a Kedushin in the Azara with Kachek if a woman's not allowed into the Azara? It does disagrees. Tazu it says this is not that she's usher, but it's not common to find and you can add to it, which some of the foreshmen do, they also lived after the times of the Beis Migdash. So if they lived after the times of the Beis Migdash, it's really not even a practical shaila. it's really just for theoretical purposes, because there is no woman in the Azara because there is no Azara But either way, Rabbi, Meir, Rabbi Yehuda took this as, because we're going to see that Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with this ruling, that all Rasumkos was trying to do is create a situation that he could now criticize a ruling of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda. So I'm a Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi. happened to be in the base of Mendrish at that particular time. So he says, Yomru, people are going to say, Meir Shachav, that Rabbi Meir, our colleague, has passed. Rabbi Yehuda, my colleague Kass, got angry and Yossi Shasak and I kept quiet, even though I have an answer to what Rabbi Yehuda is upset about. What is going to be with the study of Torah if we don't have the right integrity and speak up when we're supposed to? He says, how do you know it's so about that the girl was in the Azorah? Maybe it's talking about that the Kayan had a daughter, a na or a Nara, and he's accepting the Kedushin from another Kalain to on, the, on behalf of his daughter. Or it could be if she's an older girl and she made a Shliach of one of the Kahanim, the Bazar. But said, Furthermore, you're right, maybe they're on with Rashi, that she's not supposed to be there. But let's say she forced her way in and she was in the Kabbal condition from a Kohen. What? It still wouldn't be a means These are all possibilities. How you could find an Isha being metodesh in the uh, Zoro. Again, we would have held that those weren't common, those weren't wasn't the norm, right? Especially the fact that it wasn't something that is, actually had any pragmatic uh, value. Why? Because there actually was no on Mikdash at this particular moment. Anyway, so the said, but we actually felt that you could learn that there is Val- validity to the to the ruling because it is Shaikh to the and Isha in the Azara. Anyway, So says like this Time you learned in a bracer. Yehuda, and Mekodeshes, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, and So this in a nutshell brings down the machlokas Rabbi Yehuda says, it is Mekodesh, Rabbi Yossi, who holds like Rav Meir, who holds like the Tana of our Mishnah, hold that it, it is Eina Mekodesh, it's because and Gavok also you're being Mekodesh yourself, with something that comes from the table of Hashem, it's not your own intrinsic value, you cannot Mekodesh with it, but, uh, but Rabbi Yehuda disagreed, and Rabbi Yehuda must have held that once it's been given to the Kohen, the Kohen is, under certain circumstances, allowed to use it for transactional usage. And it can and Isha with it. That's the machlokasya. here. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said, These two great Tanoic luminaries are actually based on themselves, on the same posseh. Shnei HaMikra Echa they both are in the same posseh. What is this Pasuk? This Pasuk is talking about Kodosh HaKadoshim. This will be for you, the Kohen, from Kodosh mina Mina'esh, uh, that comes from the fire, from the offering that was brought on the fire, the portions that are given to you, will be for yours, called Karbanam, l'chol minchasem, l'chol chatasem, all the different types of Kodosh HaKadoshim that could come from the animals, from flour l'chol ashamam, shamam asheh yeshiva lov, Kodosh be for you, the Kohanim to eat, and your sons. Now, what's the Machlokas over here? So that's the Posuk. It'll be for you. What does for you imply? That once it's been given to you as a Kohen, you can do whatever you want with it. it means within bounds. You can't take it outside the Azara, except... But if you want to use it to be me and Isha, without... God, Misha, it, it, it can't take it Well, you can give it, she could give it to a Cohen. Right, no, the the Cohen can pay uh, her 10 bucks for giving her the, 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 all right, so the point is, so like this, Rabbi Yossi Savar, Keish, he says it'll be to you like it compares it to the parts that burnt, are, are burnt or consumed on the Mizbeach. Just as the part that goes on the Mizbeach is only permissible for consumption, so too when it's given to you, it's only permissible to be used for consumption, and not be used in the form of a transaction. And therefore, it does not belong to you. It's for you to use, wow. like the stuff that goes on the Mizbeach. That's all it means, K'eish. He says, my age lachilah is just for consumptive purposes. Av, hunami so to the portion given to the Kohen. Nami l'achila, and there was Eina Mekudesha. So that explains the machlob between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi, slash Rabbi Meir, slash, we will to even say Rabbi Yossi Aglili would agree to that, fine. Now, says the as follows. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. This is very important in understanding the concept of, 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 of the mesorah of Haloha. We're going to see that even when there is a machlokus, okay, sometimes they brought it to a vote. Now, Rashi explains that once it was brought to a vote and the majority ruled in a certain direction, the minority are required to leave their position and join the majority. Meaning if it was never brought to a vote, so you have a machlokus You hold your opinion, they hold their opinion, and each one can do what they perceive as the correct thing. But if it's been brought to a vote, then once it's brought to a vote, the minority has to acquiesce to the position of the Majority. That's so. So comes along Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan nimnu vegomru, he had a mesora that when this machlokas between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda was going on, it was, there was, they counted and they voted, ha-mekadosh ben ben, ben lo like our Mishnah, like the position of Rabbi Yossi. And if it was brought to a vote, then even Rabbi Yehuda, who disagreed, would have to acquiesce to the position of Rabbi Yossi. Now that's Rabbi and his mesora, But Rav says, listen, it's interesting, Rav is a comment of Rebbe. But Rav said, I, I, I don't have such a mesora. I learned that that Machlokas is still alive and kicking. There is no, was it was no, no vote. vote. There was no vote. Okay? Now, I'm a rabbiya. K'vosei the Rabbi Yochanan, Mestavra. He says, I can show that Rabbi Yochanan's position makes sense, is the most logical. Now, just a couple of steps to understand this. There is the Medrash in Torah's Kahanim. We refer to Tores, uh, in, in Vayikra as Torah's Kahanim, the laws of the Kahanim. That, there, there's a certain body of, of Medrash that is known as the Sifro, the Safro. Safro was the legal Medrash on Torah's Kohanim on Vayikra. And it was known that who was the author of the rulings of the Safra was the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. So, what the one is going to show that one of the rulings that are brought down in the Safra shows that you can, a Kohen is not allowed to use the portions that he gets that have got the status of whether it's Kachukadosh and Kachukalim, he's not allowed to use it for transactional purpose. Now, if that is the case, obviously then it shows that Rabbi Yehuda must have acquiesced to the ruling. Because Rabbi Yehuda, we just said, disagrees, he holds you a and Isha with Kodshah, kadosh and, and, and Kalin because consider considered the financial value of the Kohen, and it could be used for transactional purpose. Now, if in, in, in the Safra we find that there's a ruling that you cannot, the only way that can be explained is that that ruling took place after the vote, and Rabbi Yehuda then flipped to hold the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. A bias showing that Rabbi Yochanan's saying that there was a vote on this matter must be the correct way of, do, of, of understanding. So let's see inside. So Morris says as follows, the sign we learned. How do we know that the Kohanim are not allowed to do the following? Let's say you have a Kohen, says, you know what? He says, today I started keto, I've got to get off carbs. So therefore, even though I'm getting my chilek from the mincha from the, from the lechem upon him, he says again, you give me, I need protein, you give me from the, your portion, of, the extra portion of meat and I'll give you the extra portion of the lechem upon him. Not allowed to do that. Now the simple understanding, why aren't you allowed to do it? Because it's not theirs intrinsically, financially, they have a right to eat. They're not allowed to use it in any form trading. of bartering, trading or cl- transaction. All right, how do we know that? Talmud Limer, because the possek says like this, the possek in Vayikra, mincha says, V'chol min that any uh, uh, flour offering that will be baked, batanur, whether it's an oven baked, or it's made a deep pan-baked, or shallow pan-baked, that shall be his, to, his to be used as a mincha. So Moana understands that it has to be used for him as a mincha, and he's not allowed to use it in any other way of it, right? So that's what the puzzle says. All the that are oven-baked, or to the brothers, or to all the sons of Aaron, they shall be used specifically. Therefore, for that purpose, so you can say, so, so now I might think, you know, I understand you cannot transact a barter that you're going to give up your mincha for an animal offering. You know why I understand that? Because like this, we know that there are karbanas in the Torah that go, that are, 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 they, they, they follow a, a, a sliding scale. means if you have the finances, you bring an animal. If you are poor, then you don't bring an animal, you can bring a bird. You substitute the animal for a bird. And if you're completely impoverished, then you substitute stu, substitute the bird for flower. So you might say this, since we don't see in the Torah that you can substitute three to one, we don't substitute... A, a flower for an animal, but we do see the Torah allows a substitution of a bird flower for uh, for a bird. So maybe I understand the puzzle's telling me you're not allowed to switch out an animal uh, for 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 flower. But, bir- but a, a, a bird, if you have a portion from the bird, maybe you could switch it out, because we see the Torah itself allows for such substitutions where a person is impoverished. That's the point I was making. Yeah. So I might think Lo keneged that flower for animal offerings because we don't see in the, in the, in the scale of impo- when a person is impoverished, that you switch three for one. It goes two for one, and then three for two. But maybe, or maybe they could divide up. If you want to switch out your flower for that bird portion, maybe we could do that, because the Torah itself, see, we see, does it. In a case of when someone is impoverished. Again, there's another drosher. All it's done in the deep pan. Now, now, the way this this works, to so another drasha, that all that's done in the deep pan has to be used specifically the deep pan. Now, why do I need to add say that? I already said before that all is done from mincha has to be used for mincha. So if I don't need it for the case of going from flower to animal, because that we said, that, that would so I, I could use it for the next level, you can't even switch out flower for bird. That's what the next drush is being teaching. so you might think Yochol lo'yichl, and I was gonna go, like this. fine. So the second drash teaches me, I cannot switch out flower for a bird. Because maybe they're different, so different innately. One is a type of blood, and one is a type of flower. Alright? They're different on the chart, right? One is, or is, is on, the, on the organic chart, right? One's, one's a, uh, an animal, one's, one's, a, one's, a, one's a plant, a flower. Maybe that's why you can't flit, switch it out. But to go from two to one, birds for animals, which they both are or organisms that are, have blood, or living organisms, and the Torah switches out bird for animal. So, therefore, maybe that they would allow the cone to be allowed to do. They're both types of bloods. Talmud Lomar, Al the next part of Buzzard says, even on the shallow pans, you shall not switch out. So, now again, I don't need it for the Mincha, so I do it for the next level of Drasha, that I can't even switch out bird for animal. So, it says they want like this, fine. So even if you tell me that it's the third third russia, is you're not allowed to switch out birds for animals, I'll tell you, you know why? Because the way you shech the bird is with your finger, with your thumb. The way you shecht an animal is with a knife. So maybe they're not, they're so dis, uh, dissimilar because of the way they are slaughtered, right? So, one are the actions of slaughtering happens with your hand, but happens with a, with a vessel, with a knife. But let's say, a guy says, you know what, you take my double portion of flour offering today, or I'll switch your flour offering for your, I'm sorry, I'm not I'll switch the deep band for the, for the, uh, for, for, the, for the shallow pan. they both similar types of offerings. You do the, the kemitzah with your hand, all right? The way the Shita by, by flowers, the kemitzah, they both dealt with in the same way. So maybe you can switch one type of mincha for another type of mincha. Talmud Lomar, again, is a, uh, which is the fourth or fifth rusher. V'chol mincha Any mincha that is mixed with oil. V'chol b'nei that is, it has to belong to b'nei Aaron. It's for them to a consumption. So therefore it has to be consumed they're not for switching out. So I understand maybe a deep pan offering should not be switched out for a shallow pan. Or a shallow pan. Because one is considered to be a hard, it's a, it's, it, it's it's considered a hard crust and one is considered to be soft. With the one that's deep, there's more oil that sinks in. So the result is more of a spongy, Uh, uh, fluffier result whereas if it is shallow pan so then it comes out more like a one comes out like a pancake the other one comes out like a uh, what what would be a uh, uh-huh. Like a like like a like a cracker type of thing. So therefore, maybe that's why. Because the result of they were, their textures are completely different. Maybe that's why they can't be switched out. This is the case I was referring to before. But if would say I'll take you take my double portion of machbas and I'll get and take and I'll take your double portion of machbas to switch out in such a way. Or or one switch out uh, here's the the machbas is the is the is the, is the shallow pan. The is the deep pan. That they both then will have the same, either hard consistency, or the spongy, soft consistency. lomar. This is also in that post. It says, or it, whether it's an oil offering or it's a dry offering, belongs to Aaron to use only for consumption and not for trading. So now, I might think that this is only a problem if it is Kiddushim, you're not allowed to trade and there's no intrinsic value but maybe you could argue there is more of an intrinsic value like we saw of Yosef, Lili, no, once it's been apportioned out it's also considered to be and you cannot switch out even it says says that each person is uh with his brother for our, uh, the children of Aaron they will each get an equal portion for themselves for eating and not for switching out. And 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 then right next to that, that is talking about the mincha, which is Khachekadoshim, the Samach Lake starts talking about the Karvan Todah, Im al Toda. So that's muchim between the end of the Pasik, which is talking about Kedoshim, that they're not allowed to switch out, to the beginning of the next Pasik, which is Karpantodah which is Koshim teaches me the same halachas that apply by Khachekadoshim that they cannot barter or trade their portions, also applies to Kachim Kalim as well. Sh and Khalkin kotcha column ka uh 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 kach and hokim cutcha callin. Now um ish ish why well, does it say uh uh ish it emphasizes a man why is it meant, and usually is an adult. Why does it say an adult? So afilu To tell you that if you are an adult Kohen, you're allowed a portion in the distribution, even if you have a blemish. A Kohen who can't do the avoda because he has a blemish is allowed to get a portion in the division. But ain't cotton cholak. but a child cannot get his portion, afilu tam, his father can give him it, but he can't get a cholek even if he is unblemished. Now, that's the end of the brisa. He can eat it. The
1: concept, he yeah, he can, can eat it, but he can't, can't give it to
0: him. He can't get his portion. Now, Stam Sifra. Now, who is a, a, an anonymous statement in the Sifra, in the Torah's Kahanim, the Medrash of the Torah's We, As we said, who is the author of that? That's money. that's Rabbi Yehuda, right? Vuhuka Amar delays badin haluka klav. And he is saying you have no financial right to do any kind of trade or bartering with whether it's Kacha Kadoshim, whether it's Kacham Kalim. No, no, no. Now that disagrees with what Rabbi Yehuda said before. He said you can make and Isha with it. Obviously, it must be Rabbi Yehuda retracted. Why would he retract? Must be the vote. Must be it was a vote. That's what Abaya says. Rabbi Yochanan seems to be correct. Shmamino. So, I'm a rover. So Ravus says to his Chavrusa, Abaya, he says like this. He says, It's true that you found, Abaya, you found one source that would show that Rabbi Yochanan seems to be correct. That there was a vote, but I still found another Tanoic source that seems to imply that Rabbi Yehuda did not retract his position. Where do we see this? Ukarav, okay, Milo, Tanya, don't we have a prize that supports Rav's understanding there was no retraction? We learned in a brisa that snuim. The word snuim are people that are more modest, more. Uh, what's the word they use? That snuim. Uh, um, people that are uh, civilized, civilized. Civilized. The, the kohanim that were more, more modest, more civilized. Right? They were more careful. That what happened is like this: through the first base of Mikdash and the beginning of the second base of Mikdash, a miracle occurred that no matter how many kohanim were dividing up any portion you got satiated you. When you got from Aleichem upon Him, even if you got a little piece, you felt full. Towards the end of the second base of Mikdash, when the Shechina was not so prevalent and the miracles of the time were not happening, so therefore, they, those little pieces it, 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 no longer satiated. And, and, and the Tznuim, therefore, did not want to take. They felt, you know what, that, that, that it's, no, it's no longer a bracha over there, people would be fighting. It's not worth fighting over the little pieces because they no longer even satiate. They would withdraw. Now, once they withdraw their piece, those kahanim that were, were gluttons, were not snurim, would fight to snatch the pieces from the, the, the from, from, the, from that, that, that were being given up. By the tznuim. now the one understands right now is what they would do the tznuim would pull away the they would barter right now the one understands when they would barter they would go to the other card and say listen what's the purpose of you eating your little piece of me today let me eat all the little pieces and tomorrow you'll eat all the little pieces therefore each one at least will get a satisfying meal but what does it seem to be that there is Transactions still going on with the lechem upon him, right? So now the point is, and again, we're quoting this from, I believe it's also from the Safra, and, and this is on Taurus Kahanim. And again, if it's going like Rabbi Yehuda, clearly Rabbi Yehuda is still maintaining that you can transact with the lechem upon him. Now it's a little difficult because who's to say that this ruling wasn't made before the vote? And I'm not towards sure how the Gemara the knows that. Of, uh, towards the end of the Beit like she said. No, no, but they all lived after the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed, so it's not, not a problem. But the point is, so therefore, like this, so Gemara says that it's not a kasha, even if you tell me that that ruling took that this ruling is is, is Rabbi Yehuda's shita, and it's and 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 it proves there was no vote. It doesn't prove because over there chokin doesn't mean that they bartered. Chokin means chotvin, they would snatch they would snatch the parts, they would fight and grab the parts that the tznuim are giving up. But it doesn't mean anything about bartering or trading. That's the point. Sefer, like if you continue reading the end of that b'raisa, that brings down a story. There was a story where a guy took his portion and he took a portion of his friend. Now this guy actually did something wrong because it's one thing to snatch the tznuim's portion where they have given up. Their he went and snatched the portion that, the friend who wanted the portion, he grabbed it away from him. By ben They referred to him as the Ben Hamzan, Ad Yomos, until he died. A Hamzan is like the word Samech and Sadia, interchangeable over here. Hamzan is like he's an extorter. Right, is that the word? Someone to extort, an extorter. Like he grabbed, you. Uh, they called him that. Anyway, the point is, you see we're dealing with an in, the inappropriate behavior of grabbing. It's not necessarily dealing with bartering, So You don't see from here that you could trade according to the Sheet of Yehuda after the vote was done. That means, it doesn't mean that there was no vote. If there was a vote, but we're not talking about trading over there, we're talking about grabbing. I'm Rabbi, Rabbi Shila. my crow. Where do we see that the word Hamtzan with a tzadi is is, uh, is is means an extorter. Someone who, ext- what's the word, extortionist? Yeah, extortionist. extortionist. Right. Uh, so he says like this, we see that David HaMelech says, Elokai, he save me, miyad, uh Rasha, from the hands of a wicked person, or cough and from the palm of me'avel, of someone that commits iniquities, ve'chomet, and the person who extorts. So you see the word chomet being used, as an extortion of extortion using a tzadi in it. That's said. Anyway, Raba Amar Mehacha, he says again, another Raya that the word "homemates" is a loss of extortion. He says, uh, the Apostle instructs us, this is a Apostle in Yeshayah. Limdu teach people to do the right thing, to act benevolently. And dirishu mishpat, and you shall seek out justice. And ashru chamut, and you should make fortunate those that have been extorted. You should uh, make them whole again. But you see again, the word chametz and extortion is the same as chamas. Let's go on. All right, let's go back now to the second part of our Mishnah. So the first part of the Mishnah says that you cannot be and Isha. A Kohen cannot be and Isha with his portion that he gets from the Korban. Whether it be kedoshim, kadoshim, whether it be kadoshim and we understand that, right? We understand that now because even though it's given to the Kohen, it's not his financial... Uh, he does not have financial um, benefit. it ben- not, not, doesn't intrinsically, has no finan- intrinsic financial benefit in it, and therefore he can use it for eating, can't use it for Mechadosh and Isha, fine. The next part of the of the, of the the Mishnah was a machlokas between Rav Meir and Rabbi Yehuda, if a person tries to use Meisr Sheini. Now, Rabbi Meir, let's start with Rav Meir. We're going to go ba- break down each one of them. Rav Meir says that Meisr Sheini, that... I, uh, you try Meqaddish and Isha with, whether it's done with the awareness that it's Meis Shani or whether it's done that you're not aware, you cannot be makadish And what it's going to say that Rabbi Meir Shita throughout Shas is that the same way as by Korbonus, or not your intrinsic value, he also Meis Shani too. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch says, take it to the shalim and eat it, you're still eating it from his table. And since you're still eating it from his table, therefore what? You can't. And, gonna, know, and sh- so we are sh- going to just prove that that's what Mayor shita and why he holds that, but we understand Rav Meir. We're going to have to explain the Sheeta of Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda's shita was, it only works if it was, Rabbi Yehuda said in, in, in our Mishnah, he said that... Um, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda said, but it doesn't work and but it does. So that we're going to have to figure out, make up your mind. If it's considered your money, then what difference does it make whether it is shogig amazing? So like this. Where do we know? Starting with Rav Meir, Where do we know Rav Meir's where, 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 where What's it based upon? So I'm Rav Read Said that Mishmeri means it was done through through some They had a tradition that All the miser of the land that comes from the seed of the gra- of the ground, mipriya ate off from the fruit of the tree. La shem hu kodesh. That's the Possek, It's so much Myser. What does it say about it? La Kodesh. La Hashem. It means who owns it? Who's it? Who's it for? It's La Hashem. La Hashem. Below La Bo Isha. This is Rabmeir Shita, And you cannot use it Makadesh and Isha. You have a right. Yeah, Hashem has a right to say you can eat it, but you don't have a right to Makadesh and Isha. That's the Pasuk, says the word that Rabmeir based himself on why Meiser Sheni is Mom and Gavo and you can't Makadesh and Isha. What is this one second? He says, we have a postage by Trumas Meiser. Trumas Meiser says after you give the Meiser Rishon, till now we're talking about Meiser Sheini, but if you give Meiser Rishon to the, to the Levi. What does the Levi have to turn around and do? You give him a tenth, he has Trumas to give Trumas another tenth back to the cone. That's, that's a form of Truma, it's called Trumas, Trumas Meiser. Meiser. Now, the what does the postage say about Trumas Meiser? It says, you yourselves should also separate Trumas Hashem. Now, what does it call that Truma? Truma of Hashem, so what should you say? That if you try use that form of Truma to Makadash and Isha, what should be the alocha? Right, ay v'tanana but v'trumos, It should say, Mechadosh, all forms of Truma that you try Makadash and Isha with is Mechadoshes. L'chora, according to Rav Meir, why isn't he not learned Truma's Hashem means you shouldn't be able to Mechadosh? And yet we see the Stam Mishnah says, you could Mechadosh an Isha with Truma. The Lord says, Delok Siv Lashem. La that says, it says, Trumas Hashem. But it doesn't say, by my sir, it says, Lashem. La Lashem implies that it goes to Hashem. Has, Trumas Hashem means, okay, it's under the auspices of Hashem. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the Truma itself is viewed as Momon gavoa. Right? It doesn't say, Lashem. La okay, fine. But we know one form of Truma is called Chala. You have five pounds of dough. You separate, give it to the Kohen. What does it say by Chala? They Siv uh, titnu la there it uses the word la with the Laman in front of it so what should you say that if you makadesh and Isha with chalo, not, it's not challah it should be the mekodesh but all forms of truma again the Mishnah says is mekodesh challah is another form of so why is it with mekodesh where it says like this the be kodesh because by my it doesn't just say la it says kodesh by Chala, doesn't say Kodesh. It might say the word Lashem, but it doesn't say Kodesh. So there was not Maman Govo. Where, uh, where it says Fine. So it doesn't say the word Kodesh. But you know where it does say Kodesh? By Shvius. We had a few days ago that in Makadash and Isha with Beirish Shvius, it becomes yours and you can Makadash and Isha with it. And use the word Kodesh there. So it should be that any makadesh is to Makadash with Shvius. But when it says Varei Shvius, Techsivba Yovelhu, Kodesh to It shall be like Kodesh to you. But tonight, and yet we still learn, the Makadish Maperushviyas is Makodeshus. I have used the words Kodesh. when it? Says, yeah, it says the word Kodesh, but it doesn't say Kodesh Lashem. The Lachem yeah. part is missing. Okay, Fry says more. What about Trumagadola, actual Truma, the 2%? What does it say in the Possek over there? Kodesh Yisroel Lashem. It's comparing the Jewish people to Truma. And it says their Kodesh. La Hashem. So, what do you see? It says the word Kodesh, and it says the word Hashem. La Hashem. Right. So, was so we're the first of His of Hashem's bro- produce. But and yet we know Makadish so but is one second. That one is says Kodish over there, it's not going on the crop. It's going on the people. It's going on the Jewish people. it says, So how do you bring me a riot? It says Kodesh by Truma. That's going on the people there. Well uh Morris is like this. Yes, but what is the puzzle saying? The Jewish people are holy like Truma. So therefore, I use the word holy on the people because that obviously means that the truma also. The word kodesh applies to truma. So we're back to our It says kodesh, and it says la Hashem. All right. So therefore, don't we lamela that uh, implied? Isn't it implied? Therefore, the word kodesh applies to truma as well. So targma rav in the derab amakro, It's actually kodesh la Hashem who. The word who is is by Meiser. It's Kodesh Lashem Hu. Hu means that it retains its status. It doesn't drop down. So therefore, like this, Truma and all these things, it's true. It has a din of Kodesh Lashem. But once it's given, it drops down that the Kohen can do what he wants with it. By Meiser, it says the word "who." Hu means it retains its status even after it's been given and it doesn't drop down to becoming the value, the intrinsic value of the recipient. That's the difference. Amakro, who, hey, should remain its original status of Kodesh even after it's been given. Because... Okay, so
1: basically, all we've explained so far is Rav Meir's Shita. Rav Meir's Shita is that if you're mekadesh and isha with ma'isah sheni, bein b'shogeg, bein b'mezid, ain't a What we still haven't explained is Rav Yehuda's Shita, because obviously Rav Yehuda disagrees with that. He holds Maisa sheni is, is 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 not considered. It's 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 the property of the yisrael. The Yisrael owns it. Well, if it's true that the Yisrael owns it, then why is there a difference? Why is all that It doesn't work? Right? So we still have to explain Yehuda's Shita by Maizasheni of Shogek. The other thing we have to explain, which is what i going to get into now, the next part of the Mishnah was talking about if it's not Maizasheni, but it's Hegdish. Now, Hegdish, it says there, that, that there we had, according to uh, uh, Rav Meir, he said, if you do it b'mezid, if you do it b'mezid, it's mekudeshes. If you do it b'shogeg, it's eina mekudeshes. Yehuda held the opposite. He said, if you do it b'shogeg, it's mekudeshes. If you do it b'mezid, it's eina So we have to explain their shittahs now of what they hold by Hegdish. So we still have to explain Reb Yehuda's shittah by Meishashenim. And now we're going to explain the sheetahs of, uh, of, of Rav Meir of Yehuda by Hegdish. Now, let me just step back Hegdash. for a moment. Hegdash by Hegdish. No, no, Hegdish, Hegdish. Yeah, whatever, whatever, something belongs based on Mikdash. Now, the point is like this. There is a posik in the Torah of, of, that refers to Me'ila. Me'ila is misappropriation of something that belongs to Hegdish. Now, the posik says, in Ma'al, a person misappropriates something belongs, and the posik then says, if he did it by if you did a shog, he has to bring a carbon and he has to pay it back plus a fifth. Now, how do you understand the posuk? So, Rab Yehuda learns the pasuk, that the whole thing's talking about the shog, that even the misappropriation. Why do you have to pay it back? Because he holds once you misappropriate, it deconsecrates the item. The item goes from being kodesh to becoming chulin. So, you owe back the hegdesh, the whole item, the principle, Plus you have to pay, whether well, it's a 20%, uh, that's a uh, uh, bar, you have to pay plus, plus a surcharge for deconsecrating the item. But that only is called me'ilat machaiva carbon, and the deconsecration only occurs if it's done for shogig. If you do it b'mezid, there's no carbon, and it does not become deconsecrated. So, Rev Yehudah Shita makes sense. If you make an and isha with hegdish, Right? If it's done it doesn't become deconsecrated. It doesn't become deconsecrated, you haven't given the woman anything she can use, it's aina If you did it Beshogeg, so then it's considered Makudeshus because it goes Lachulin. So goes the chulin That is why she would be Mekudash's So Rabbi Yehuda's is easy to understand by hegdish. What does Rav Meir hold? Rav Meir holds that posse, imal mal Bashem. He's not talking about davka b'shogic. In Imal mal he understands like by sota. It's a lashon Even if you do something on purpose, so he understands the deconsecration of hegdish through. Misappropriation occurs bain beshogeg bain bemazed. It's true. The classical sense me'ilat, machayav a a carbon and a chomesh, is only beshogeg. But the deconsecration that occurs bain Which means what we need to explain, clarify according to the sheet of Rav Meir, If you're Makadesh and isha, he says that if you did it bemazed, it is mekudeshes. That makes sense because it becomes deconsecrated. It's Makadashis. Why, if you do it B'shogeg, since he learns that post of the consecration is both B'shogeg and Bemezid, so therefore it should be B'shogeg, like Rabbi Yehuda said, it should become the con- should be Makadashis in that case as well. So there's two things that are gonna be, you have to be explained. We're gonna to have to explain by Miser Shani, the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Why, according to Rabbi Yehuda, holds that Miser Shani is mom and belongs to the Bilem, why can he not mekadesh and Isha with it B'shogeg, with Miser Shani? And we have to explain in the Shita of Rav who holds that the consecration occurs Bain Beshog Bain b'mezid by me'ila, that they consecrated? So then why is it only Makadesh's b'mezid and it's not Mekudesh's Beshogik? That's what we're gonna end up having to explain in the next few lines of Gemara. So let's see inside. So it says the Gemara like this. Bahegdesh, <coughs> when it comes to dealing with something that belongs to the Beisamigdosh, b'mezid Kidesh. If you did it on purpose, it's mekudeshes. Beshogeg. If it's done, uh, accidentally, you didn't realize, then it's Low Kiddish. That was Div Rav Meir, right? Rav Yehuda Omer, Beshogeg Kidesh, because it's only deconsecrated Beshogeg. Bemezid, Low Kiddush because it's not deconsecrated, you're not giving her anything. So, I'm Rav Yaakov. So, Rav Yaakov says like this. Shemat me no de Rav Yochanan tarti. I heard, uh, two explanations given, and explaining two things from Rav Yochanan right i heard and they both were to explain the two things i just mentioned need explanation has my Reb yehuda to explain why by myse shani does Reb yehuda hold what <laughs> Ain'a a Mikudesh's with with Maishasheni if it's Mekodesh Bemaze with with Maishasheni because he holds belongs to the owner so why is it not Mekodesh with Maishasheni I, I heard an explanation for that and I heard an explanation is Hegdish to Rav Meir and I also ex- heard an explanation to explain that since Rav Meir holds the consecration her, ha, ha, works by Hegdish B'me'ila B'en B'shogek be B'en B'mezid be so why does Rav Meir not hold its Mekodesh in a case of Shogun so I heard explanation of Rav Meir Shita of Maishashen and Rav Meister and Rav Re- Yehuda Shita of Meister Shemi and Rav Meir Shita of Hegdish in the Shogeg in both cases right but uh, 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 Rav Re- Yochanan gave an explanation now the explanation is as follows he gave an explanation he never said what uh, wasn't clear to me is which case referring to which in one of the cases he said that when it says Shogeg, they both have to be Shogeg that in order for it not to be deconsecrated, you need them both to be shogeg. And in one case, he said that in, the, that in order for them to be shogeg, you only need the isha to be shogegis. You don't need the man. But it wasn't clear to me which case, which one was referring to the opinion of Yehuda of Mysore Shani? And which one was referring to the opinion of mm-hmm. Rav Meir mm-hmm. by Hagdish? That I didn't have clarity on. So he said like this. So again, so if Yaakov explains, Shmat me another of Yochan Antarty, I heard two, two, two things from Yochanan. The Shigaz who once explained the case of Shigaz mice of Yehuda and the case of Shigaz Hegdor of Meir. Shneiam ain't Isha Miskadashus by him. In both, according to both opinions, whether it's the of Shani case or the Hegdosh case, if there's a shogeg involved, the woman is not Miskadashus. Chador, but in one of the cases, Lepisha ain't Isha Rotzo. It's because the woman, if she's Shogigas, if she would have known, she would not have agreed for the transaction to go through. But you don't need the man. We assume the man makes no difference. V'chado, and in one of the cases, Levish ain't Shneim wrote in, in one of the cases that if you need, that if there's either one, in both parties of Shogek, it would not be good because neither one would acquiesce to this transaction had they known what they are dealing with if it was a case of Shogek. V'loya Yadana, but Cesar Yaakov, I couldn't figure out Ha minayu, which explanation, which scenario fits according to which opinion? So we're going to have Yara Machlokas explaining uh, the, the two two ways of understanding. First, we go with Rav Yirmiyah. So i Rav This is next Dyanon. Let's, let, let's let us analyze it. Let's see. He says like this. Let's look at the case of Ma'is Shaney. Ma'is the man is really, it's a burden. Because you have to take, the only place you can eat it, the only place that has any value to be eaten is in Yerushalayim. So therefore, the man's happy to unload the Maisa Shani. The one who gets stuck with the Maisa Shani is the Isha. Because now you've given her something, that lechora is only valuable to her, only if she schleps it up and eats it in Yerushalayim. So there, whether the man is Shogeg or not, really is inconsequential, because even if he was a Shogeg, but if he would have known that it's Maisa Sheni, he would have been happy to unload it too. He's getting a woman, he's getting something for it, and he's giving up something that would have been a Tircha for him to go up and do. But the Isha... You have no, no you don't know what her reaction would be had she known that what you're giving her is my sir Shaini and now she has to take a flight to Yerushalayim or go take a bus to Yerushalayim to go and, and, and eat it, she might not have agreed. So therefore, by the case of Meis Shaney, the shogeg that disqualifies it is in the opinion, that's the case of the Mysa Shaney case in Rabbi Yehuda. Where the man's shogeg is not important, but where the woman's shogeg is, that will disqualify, that will scuttle the case. That's the case of Meis Shaney. By Me'ilah, there it's both parties. Because even though when a person does Me'ilah, who, who would actually be of Me'ilah? Assuming the Kedushin would go through. Right? Who would be Chayyiv? No. No, the, the woman wouldn't be chayef. The man, he's one, it's his sure. funds that's, that's so being good. misappropriate. He would be Chayyiv. So for sure the man, he doesn't want to be involved in. The Aver of misappropriating. He'll wait until he gets more money or different money. Isha. doesn't have to do it now. And therefore, the woman, even though she's not going to be chayevist necessarily, but why does she want to be involved in something that involves misappropriating funds from Hagdish? So therefore, in the case of Meila of Rav Meir, if either one of them are shogig, It's problematic because the bottom line is neither one wants to be involved in the misappropriation of Hekdash. So that's the way Revere may explain. Which makes sense, therefore, the case where only the the, the woman is the case of Meis The case where either one is the case of the Meilo, the case of Hegdish. My sir, in the case of my sir, she's the one who doesn't want it. She's the one that has problems over here with it. Why? Because you have to to stop Jerusalem. The man, on the other hand, what does he care? In fact, he's gaining. He now saved himself a trip if she's the one who takes it. He himself is Nichol. Because on the, he's giving up the miser shady. and what does he get in return? What? He gets a wife from it. So therefore the byproduct gets a wife and he doesn't have to go and schlep the stuff to Yerushalayim. Of course, his shogic is inconsequential over here. Right. ella Hegdish, but in the case of Hegdish, Travile and neither one would acquiesce that the Nishel Hegdish al-Yadai, that through them Hegdish should be mechulah and become deconsecrated. consecrated. So that's Rabbi Yirmir. So Rabbi Yirmir figured that, uh, that that is the simplest understanding of it, and therefore Yab he said, I'm a little surprised that you couldn't figure that out. That seems to be... What is Rabbi Yaakov's retort? Rabbi Yaakov says, Listen, I figured that out too, but I could argue the opposite. That's why I wasn't sure, because you could make an opposite argument. Now, what's the opposite argument that Rabbi Yaakov's saying that you could make, which means why it's not so clear to him? He says, You could argue the other way, it makes more sense. Milo Can you not say as follows? Ihilo You're right. My sir that she's a sholgek is important because she wouldn't necessarily accept it because of the yeah. tircha to urcha. But he himself, now this is a little bit subject, Rashi gives two to over here, what this means. But he's going to say, he himself might not have been happy to give it to her. Because the first shot in Rashi is like this. The first shot in Rashi is, right now, when you give it to her, it's not worth anything. It's less than a pruta. Why? It's she can't it. either. So therefore, it only becomes mekudeshes, this yeah, first part rashi yeah. is only if she successfully takes it up to your shalayim. But since women entrusted with it to take to your with the dangers, the difficulty, if there's a chance that what will end up happening is she won't successfully be able to take it, it'll end up being not and you're gonna have to spend another pruta any, you're gonna have to spend more money on it anyway. So therefore it might be that had you known that you gave it to her, Beshogeg, you also might not have necessarily agreed to having this done. That's the first Shantan Rashi. The other and Rashi is that, that if you gave it to her and she wasn't successfully able to take it up, even if it might be Mikudesh's, let's say, because but she'll be upset at you that you put her in that position and you don't want to start off the marriage right. with a wife being upset at you. So therefore, the Shogeg, in the case of Maisa Shani, we could argue that both of them would not be happy about it if they knew that it was Maisa Sheni. So therefore, like this. So, in Ihu, and he lo Nikhale, he also would not necessarily want it to be Maisa Sheni Mishum un because of the onus of what could happen to it along the way. And it might not end up coming to Yerushalayim. So according to the first Lush, it might be second one, even it is, she'll be upset at you. Either way in Rashi. Now, Ella Hegdash. Now, what about Hegdash? Hegdash, you could argue like this. It's true. She says to herself, listen, why should I take something that even if I'm not high of in it, but I'm causing it to become deconsecrated by accepting it, let him give me something else. So therefore, for sure, but she's a shogic and make makes a difference. But but he could argue, like this, he says, listen, bottom line is that at the end of the day, yes, I don't have money right now and this is what okay. I have. So had he found out about it, there was he might have still been willing to go through with it because at the end of the day, he gets the gain. What is the gain he gets? Woman. He gets the woman. But the it wouldn't not be. Ben- it could, you could argue the overriding benefit is that he gets the woman, and therefore he might, had he become found out about it, he might not have said, I wouldn't have done it. He might have said, I would have done it anyway. I wouldn't have done it, but now that it happened, I would have done it anyway. So therefore, maybe it's not important whether he's a shogig, and I think there's only important whether she's a shogig. So basically, Rabbi, Yochanan, Rabbi Yaakov argued that Rabbi Yochanan's two explanations, it wasn't clear to me still whether you hold like. Explain the way Rabbi Yirmiya explained it, or you could explain it the way uh, Rabbi y- Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, Yaakov just explained it. Bar mi Rabbi asked Rabbi Chista the following question: You just gave us a scenario. We try to makadish an isha with uh, with funds that belong to the Heg- belong to Hegdish. Now, in the Sheeta of Rabbi uh, uh, Rabbi Yehuda, we said that if you did it beshogeg, it's mekudeshes, and the funds become. Deconsecrated, right? We said that. What it would be the din? Uh, 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 now, but but we said that that according to Rav Meir, what we say according to Rav Meir? that even though he all that it becomes the that 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 that, that Meila deconsecrates something. Bein bishogig, bein B'mezid, lechora. What if? What would be if you try to use money and she was a and it was shogig, and then. We, we, right afterwards we find out about it and she says, Hey, if I would have known I wouldn't accept it, so it's Einamakudeshus. Does that still deconsecrate the money? Does the fact that you attempted to do a transaction with the money of Hegdish, even if she doesn't accept it when she finds out, so it's Ainamakudesh, but is it but nonetheless, is it still deconsecrated or not? That's the question you want to know. So Baumine chista Isha Ain Miskadeshus, that if even if you tell me the woman is not miskadeshes because she was a shogeges and she would have then be uh, declined maos mahu she What is the status of the money? Does it go lechulin or not? So amale isha and miskadeshes. If the woman doesn't kamikadeshes, that means no transaction happened. And if no transaction happened, then what? Then then maos hey, How can the money go lechulin? It's only if transaction happens. Would can it go lechulin? Now Rashi points out. Something fascinating. It comes out like this. According to Rav, Me, Rav Yehuda, Rab Yehuda holds that the isha is mekudeshes is It means he doesn't hold up ah she he holds that the concept that you can have. you can have meila. There is different ways of meila. Meila could either be you benefit, you ate. Something belongs to the base of Migdash, or you involved in a transaction with something based on Migdash. Now, according to Rabbi Yehuda, since Me'ila only happens B'shogak, it doesn't happen B'mezid, so therefore, it could happen with money, it could happen with food, it could happen with anything. According to Rabbi Meir, Rav Meir holds that something becomes deconsecrated, it can become deconsecrated, but in cases of transaction, had the person been aware and not wanted it, it would not become deconsecrated. So Raji points out that there really is no me'ila with money. There really is no me'ila with money. To bring a carbon. it's only beshogeg, not be'meizid. And beshogeg, with money, if the person does not want to accept it, then we're saying assume that... So therefore, the only case you're going to have a me'ila, beshogeg is like a person ate. Something, but with actual transaction, Lechora would not come out. So Gmora says like this Till now, we've been talking about the transaction we're dealing with is Kedushin. So he says, maybe you could argue like this that by Kedushin, the Isha says, listen, the man wants to marry me. Why should he use Prutos or money that belongs to Hegdush? That's Kedushin. Or wait 20 minutes. Let him, let him go, go to the bank, put out some more money and give something else. So maybe by kedushin you say that the it doesn't work. But what about by Mecher? By Mecher, you like this. I have an item I'm trying to unload. Somebody else is trying to buy it. He gives me money in the shogic, belongs to the on Migdash. Now if the transaction goes through, I haven't done a Veira, I've unloaded my item, I walk away with the cash. Right. So there you could argue, I'm trying to sell this thing. I don't know if in 20 minutes... He's going to come back and buy it. So maybe by Mecher, even if it's Shogeg, maybe the person, both parties, would be willing to go through with it had they found out that it actually is considered hegdish Or do we say no? There's no difference between Kedush and mecher. Nobody wants to be part of a deconsecration of hegdish That's his question. What, so, what's the hegdish part? The money in the Mecher? Or the, the money, Hecholite the money, the money, the money. So, So, <laughs> no, That money never works. It only works. Only if you eat or something or something like that. So, The Gemara has the following question. The, Gemara, the case in the Gemara, the, the, the preamble to this, is the Gemara says like this, if, uh, let's say, a gizbar who is entrusted with the money, the treasurer is entrusted with the money that belongs to the Beis Amigdosh. He goes over to, uh, he, he doesn't realize, he thinks that he has his own money. He doesn't realize that what he has in the pouch is not his own money. It belongs to income. He thinks it's his own. He goes over to a money changer. They used to have people, Shulchani, it's called the Shulchani, a money changer. Their job was to change money. You know, it's a given guy, like the, the, the money exchange. on the you You see, they have those little... That's his job. That's what he has to do. So he gives this money to the money changer to watch. To safeguard. Now, it says like this. If he gave it to him... Uh, in a uh, in in a loose format, it was loose, all right. So then the halacha is that the understanding is since his job is that it's a money changer, he is taking responsibility to give you back the same amount of money. But since you gave it to him loose, he's he's going to be using it and paying you back. So in such a case, if that's what happens, who is chayav for the meila? The guy who, the, the the treasurer. Because he should have understood that by giving him loose, he's going to end up spending it. Therefore, when it comes out that it was and heddish, the one that's over Meila is the Gizbar. If it gave it to him tied up, even if you give it to a money changer, but if it's tied up, the understanding is he's not going to use it. So in such a case where the money changer untied it and used it, and then we found out that it was heddish money, so then the halach is, who is Moel? Who's considered to be the money changer? Right. The next piece of the the Mishnah says like this. If you gave it to a balabayas, a homeowner. Now, a homeowner doesn't deal with money. So, there it makes no difference whether you gave it to him tied up or whether you gave it to him loose. If the homeowner used it, and then we found out that it was Hegdish, in both scenarios, the homeowner is the one that's going to be over the Isra of Me'ilah. This part of the Mishnah deals is what if you never gave it, not to a homeowner, you never gave it to a money changer, but you gave it to a chenvani. A chenvani is a storekeeper. Now, storekeepers, Rosh explains, most of their business was on credit. So they did not use money like a money changer would. Sometimes we operating... Expenses. They did use the money. So the question is, how are they more defined? Are they more defined like a money changer, which means that it will only be the me'ila of the storekeeper if it was loose, but not it was tied up? Or are they considered like homeowners, and then either way, if the gizbar gave it to him, whether it's tied up or whether it's loose, either way, the me'ila will be on the head of the storekeeper. Uh, the, store key, the, the, the storekeeper, right? Because he shouldn't have used it either way. So that's the question. That's what the bride is dealing with. So a storekeeper is kabal Habayas. He takes on the status of a balabayis. Means Rav Hall, Storekeepers do not use cash. They don't use money as much. And therefore, if you gave it to him, the gizbar gave it, whether it's tied up or loose, the storekeeper is over meilo. Rabbi Yehuda Omer chen vani that the chenvani is like, a store, is like a shulchani, a money changer. And therefore it makes a difference whether it's tied up or it's not tied up. Now the only machlokas over here is, in what form is the money have me'ilo? Is the money have me'ilo where it was tied up, Or does the money have me'ilah where it was loose? But everyone's agreeing that on the money, there is me'ilah. The problem we had is that we just said in Rav Meir, Rav Meir holds on money itself, there will never be me'ilah, because had they known, they would not have made the transaction, so the transaction would be voided. We see that with money, there is me'ilah, according to Rav Meir. So says something more like this look a The only machlokus over here is <speaking in Hebrew> How do we clarify the storekeeper? Do we clarify the storekeeper like a money changer? Or and <speaking> about <in Hebrew> we have like a homeowner. owner? the Kula but everybody will agree that if a transaction happens with that money, right? Ma, there is Meila with that money. you just said that with money with, sh- with shogeg, there is no transaction. We don't have shogeg over there. So, Tummar says like this. Rav Meir is not going l'shitoso. According to me, Rav Meir says. According to me, anytime money's involved in a tshogeh, there's no me'ilah because the person had he known would have not have made its tos. But he's going Lashitas Rav Yehuda. According to you, that holds that there is me'ilah with money, but you should still agree that if it's dealing with a chenvani, you should classify him as a uh, what did he classify him as? A, uh, no, as, a, as a as a as a as a chenvani. At least classify him as a chervani. Uh, no, as, as, as a, uh, a balabayas. On that, Reb Yehuda says, no, I disagree. I hold, yes, there is me'ila, but I don't classify him as a balabayas. I classify him as a shulchani. So that's what it says like this. So it says, Reb Reb Yehuda, Reb Yehuda, if that money was spent by the storekeeper, Nami loma, why? Because by me, there's no vishogu, there's no me'ila, because the transaction is voided. Had they known, they wouldn't have done it. But according to you, that disagree with them, and you hold there is meila on money b'sholgeg. So Odelimia, the chenvani, should at least agree to me that when it's involving the storekeeper, it should be like a balabais, and it makes no difference whether the money's tied up or it's loose. Either way, the bala b- the chenvani should be mal. And on that, Amar Leir who disagrees with him. He says, look, I hold that his storekeeper also needs cash. Sometimes so he should know that if it's tied up, he shouldn't use it. But if it's not tied up, he will use it, and then it's considered like a shulchani. And gentlemen, we'll stop over here. it's like the bala b- is in the world.